Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Eye on the Eagles podcast. This week, I'm your host, John Kolodny, and I'll be taking a look at everything AU men's basketball with assistant coach Scott Greenman. How are you, Coach Greenman? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Good, good. Hanging in there. So I guess we're going to start off by, you know, taking a look at uh, your background, um, recruiting, uh, dealing with the pandemic uh, last season, and then, you know, expectations for, uh, for this one. So I guess, you know, I guess uh, I just wanted to start off by kind of giving the audience an idea of what your background is. So you were a point guard at Princeton. Uh, you graduated in 2006, correct? Yep. And you were 5'10", uh, which I have a lot of respect for being, you know, 5'10 in basketball. That's with shoes. Maybe. I think it's probably, you know, 5'9 and a half-ish. Okay, so you got, you got about an inch on me. <laughs> you got about an inch <laughs> on me. So you were an all-Ivy point guard, uh, I believe your senior year, and you played under uh, John Thompson III and, his, and Joe Scott as well, who I believe – did he just Correct. get the, the job at Air Force again? He did, yep. Um, so you played under those two guys, and then I, I know you played professionally in Israel, and then you also coached at Princeton and coached again under Thompson at uh, Georgetown before coming to AU. So yep. I was just wondering, you know, all that experience, especially playing in and around the Princeton offense, how has that shaped your, your coaching mind and, you know, what you brought to AU? Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's – I've, I've, um, you know, played in that, you know, in that offense, but for two different coaches. And so, you know, I think everyone thinks, well, if you run, you know, any version of the Princeton offense, that everything is the same and it's, you know, cookie cutter. And, and that's the, the furthest, furthest thing from the truth. Um, so it was really interesting to play in college under two different coaches with pretty different philosophies, even though, or I shouldn't say different, you know, pretty different, but, but different, you know, philosophies on certain things, even though it was similarly structured. Um, so you get a feel for different ways to think about the game, even though, you know, some of the X's and O's are similar. Um, and then, you know, playing in Israel was a great experience um, because that's, you know, was completely different um, just in terms of, uh, you know, what was stressed and how the professional game goes. You know, so there was a learning curve there. But once I got used to that, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then coming back and, coach, you know, coaching at Princeton with Sidney Johnson, who was another guy who also played at Princeton. He had a great overseas career. Um, and again, another way of doing things. Um, and then working for coach Thompson at Georgetown now as a, a part of his staff, as opposed to being a player was great. Cause you see it from his perspective and he's terrific, obviously. Um, and so then was with him and then was reunited with coach Brendan, who I, who was an assistant all four years when I played at Princeton. So working with him after playing with him, uh, was a lot of fun. And then obviously I've been with him, you know, for the last seven years here at American. And so I've seen him, you know, coaching me as an, as an assistant. I've worked with him when he's been an assistant and I've been the ops guy and now I'm working with him as I'm an assistant. He's a head coach. So a, a lot of different perspectives and way of looking at things, certainly, um, even though, you know, the word Princeton kind of <laughs> stays there, the, the philosophies of every coach is, uh, is different. They kind of put their own spin on things, which has been fun to watch. Yeah. So would you say, because um, I know you didn't play under Pete Carrill uh, and Coach Brennan did, you know, do you, like, how would you describe the AU offense as opposed to the Princeton? I know it is a little bit different. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's always evolving. You know, if you were to watch the offense, even Princeton, you know, I want to say in the 70s, they were one of the you know top scoring teams in the country. And then maybe the admissions change a little bit. And then the next few years, you know, in the in the 80s, they might have been lower scoring and then it's kind of fluctuated as different things have affected it. 
Um, but I'd say the same with us, like our personnel, you know, has affected, you know, the way we've played and what we've stressed, you know, so I think even the, maybe the first year or so when we went, when we went to the NCAA tournament, we might've been one of the slower playing teams in the country. And then this year, I think we were in the top half of the country in tempo. Um, so, you know, and obviously having guys like Saeed and Stacey, um, who get up and down the court really quickly, you know, helps change how you, how you want to do things, you know, so that's, it, it's something that we look at every year when we put, when we look at our roster and think, you know, how we can help them as much as possible and what makes the most sense, you know, to try to carry on from the previous year. Right. And so I know, um, as you said, the offense is always evolving, but I would assume that like there's a certain range of things and, you know, plays um, that you do. So would you say, you know, when you're on the recruiting trail, um, are you, are you out there just looking for, you know, a high flyer, someone who's, you know, you look at them and they're really talented, or are you looking, you know, solely for someone who fits into um, what you guys are trying to do and, you know, what team you have at that time? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we are looking for good, good players. Um, so typically, you know, we'll take skilled guys over maybe better athletes, but we want good athletes too. We want like a mix of kind of everything. We don't want to get all the same type of player. Um, but we're generally speaking, we're looking for, for guys that can, you know, shoot, pass, dribble, and are unselfish and are competitive. Um, and so, you know, you're not going to necessarily get normally a, somebody who's 6'10 that can do all of those things right away, but you're going to see somebody who's 6'10 who, hey, he can, he can shoot a little bit, his shot looks good, he may be, you know, pretty aggressive and athletic, and you think, you know, he has a good base for dribbling and has a good feel for the game. You know, we're not necessarily recruiting for what the guys are when they're 17 or 18 years old we look at them and say, hey, we think he can become, you know, this by the time he's 22. Um, and so that's kind of our mindset is just getting good players, but getting guys that we think have a lot of potential and have a good base for the skills that we want to try to polish, you know, and improve upon while they're here. Um, and generally speaking, I mean, going back to the Princeton offense question, I mean, it's more of a concepts thing. Like we, we try to teach them, you know, floor spacing, how to play unselfishly, and how to play with other good players. I mean, the biggest thing that we stretch, stress is just sharing the ball and being unselfish because I think that's the hardest thing to get guys to do. You know, everybody wants to score, um, be the man and all that stuff. But I think learning to move the ball, to share the ball, because that's going to make the team better and in turn make you, you know, you better, I think is the, the biggest thing that we stress. Um, but again, the Princeton offense is more so of, of concepts, like how to play, what to look for. A lot of it is just teaching the game um, in a way that we think makes the most sense. Right. And so I guess, you know, one guy last year that I thought really like embodied everything you kind of would want in a player uh, was Connor Nelson. He kind of just did everything. He can, you know, he has length, he can shoot, he can dribble, uh, he can pass, play defense, was a scrapper. I was, I did an article on him in the past. I was just interested, you know, hearing, you know, what you saw in him and how, how exactly you discovered him, you know, out in Wyoming. Yeah, no, Connor is, a, you're absolutely right, a great player um, who does a lot of everything. <laughs> he doesn't do a little bit of everything. He does a lot of everything. Um, and, you know, recruiting is funny, you know, and, and it's not an exact science. So, I mean, he, you know, fell on our lap to a certain extent. Like we, we at the time, we didn't have any scholarships left. And his AU coach uh, just like essentially randomly sent an email out to us and was like, hey, we have somebody that, you know, I think is really good. He'd be interested in walking on, um, you know, here's his highlights. Let me know what you think. And you know, I watched it and I was like, wow, yeah, yes, you know, let me, 
you know, so I called his AAU coach and said, hey, he looked terrific on film. And he put up really good numbers at the junior college he was at. I mean, I think he averaged like 13 or 14 a game at a Division One junior college. So I was like, essentially, let me call around and make sure he's not a pain. <laughs> you know, let me make sure there's nothing here that they're trying to slip past us as far as his character and, and whatnot. So I made, you know, made a bunch of calls to people that knew him or had coached him um, just to ensure that we weren't bringing somebody on who, you know, wasn't what they said he was. And everybody was just emphatic about him being a terrific person and they were all right I mean he's been incredible um so he came initially as a walk-on and then a transfer uh early in the season last year and then you know he got a scholarship uh, immediately and he's you know gonna have a terrific career here yeah so I guess staying on um you know what happened last year I'd like to just discuss you know your evaluation of last season obviously there were pretty high expectations Jameer was coming in Saeed's senior year um you know I thought I thought Bunyasith was really going to break out um, and do a lot. You guys obviously, I you went 16 and 14, even though you lost in the Patriot League tournament night. I had read that you had a CBI bid lined up. So I know it was a little, maybe a little bit of a disappointment, but could you just talk about generally your evaluation? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the league play is the most important thing, you know, for us every year. Um, and so, you know, we had some, it was, it was a really hard schedule. I mean, the preseason, you know, we're playing teams that all finished in the top, you know, two in their conference essentially, yeah. um, and had, had a couple close ones slip away that obviously would have liked to have gotten back. But I think those games prepared us to be good in the league. So even though, you know, we lost the game to William and Mary where we were up, whatever it was in the first half, you know, 16 points or something like that. Um, similar, you know, one or two other games like that. I think it prepared us to win close games in the conference. You know, so we were able to, you know, beat Bucknell um, at the buzzer. You know, at Loyola was a tight one. You know, a bunch of games in the conference that could have gone either way that I think we did a pretty good job of coming up with. So going 12-6 and six in the league and finishing second place was great. Um, I mean, obviously want to finish in first place. Um, but being right there with the chance to win the league, essentially, throughout the entire regular season was a goal of ours. Um, and so we didn't quite, you know, win the league but we were in the mix the whole time and then obviously yeah you know you don't want to lose in the playoffs ever um so you know nine teams in our league are always disappointed um but yeah you know losing um in the first round was disappointing certainly but you know it's i mean those games are you know every year it's it's again one one bad game and you're done um so it's hard to judge a whole season by just the playoffs but taking a step back, you know, and looking at the progression that we've had over the past couple of years put in, and having a chance to win the regular season uh, and then being asked to play in the CBI, I think, was a big step for the program. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, you were not able to play in the CBI, obviously, because of the pandemic. I'm sure that, you know, that was heartbreaking for all the guys, especially for, you know, Saeed, for Gasparini, for, for YY. You know, how did you handle that afterwards? And, you know, what did you tell the guys? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, so unique and, and bizarre, you know, at the time, you know, they were uh, obviously disappointed to lose, but then they were all very excited to continue playing. And I think they all deserved it for the, you know, sweat and, and heart and blood and everything they put into the program. So it was, it was difficult, you know, being their coach and having you know, to tell them you're not going to get that opportunity because they all deserved it. They all had worked hard enough to, to, get themselves to the spot where they were asked to play in the postseason uh, and then to not be able to do it was really unfortunate but I mean it, they understood obviously we're in a worldwide pandemic so it's right. it's uh it's not anything that we had control over it was just something that kind of sucks for you know what so that was 
that was how that went down. Yeah, it was a bizarre couple of days though because we, you know, they stuck around during spring break um, and we're practicing to try to prepare for that. And then you come in one day and, and you know, your career's over after yeah. having lost and then practiced for three days and then, you know, being excited again. So I take the range of emotions. You know, there were a lot of ups and downs and then unfortunately it ended with, uh, you know, bad news essentially. Yeah. Um, so yes, just the one, one last thing I want to harp on about, you know, players who are maybe gone or, uh, or last season is, is Saeed. So I, you know, I'm just interested in, you know, his progression over, over the four years, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he came in a little, a little shorter. I know he gained some muscle and, you know, I, I, even though his shooting percentage didn't, you know, necessarily reflect it, I think he did become a much better shooter. Um, so could, could you just talk a little bit about how you helped him through and, you know, his progression? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing with, obviously he's a, you know, an outstanding player going to have a long professional career and did, you know, incredible things here. The, the biggest thing that we were you know, most proud about, I would say, is just his progression as like a leader um, because he went through it. I mean, you know, he, he won a ton of games in high school um, and was used to winning and then came here and his first two years were, you know, you know, as miserable as it gets from, a, from just wins and losses. Um, you know, his first year, you know, he was he freshman year, so he's playing 40 minutes a game. And, you know, you don't really know much as your freshman. Uh, but then sophomore year, we had, you know, all these injuries and, and Mark was out for the year. And so just another year that was kind of similar to his freshman year. Um, and there wasn't necessarily uh, progression on paper, but he was starting to mature. And then in between really his, his sophomore and junior year, I think, you know, it, it, just clicked from uh, the mental standpoint of how he saw the game, how he saw just being a leader. And I thought his progression, you know, all four years was just on a steep incline. Um, and I think, the, you know, he just brought everybody along with him and made everybody else better. And I think that was the biggest thing that he kind of improved upon throughout his years was just his ability to make the guys around him better just with his you know assist numbers. And, and aside from just numbers, just like uh, his mentality and practice and the way he carried himself. Um, as a leader was, was, you know, the biggest thing. Right. And I would assume, you know, at the pro level in a point guard, a coach is, you know, in addition, obviously the talent and the skill, the coach is looking for all those things. Yeah. Um, and he improved, like you said, I mean, his dribbling, uh, you know, his freshman year, he just kind of relied on his, his speed um, to, to get by guys. And as his career went on, I mean, his handle got so much tighter and he was able to, you know, make more plays and more, throw more passes because he was a better dribbler and, and took to heart what we were saying about, you know, passing and, and all that stuff. He was just, you know, really coachable and which is rare for somebody with that kind of talent. And so, I mean, it was a pleasure to coach him. And again, I think his ability to just get everybody around him to become a better player and kind of bring them along as he, you know, led the team was, was really impressive. Yeah. Do you also think that, you know, the I'm not sure exactly how much he bulked up, uh, you know, in terms of muscle and weight, but I really felt that that, you know, for him just being muscular, that made a big difference, you know, going into, you know, driving and being able to take, you know, contact and, and finish through contact. I thought that that was a really big thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. Day. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Sean Foster does a great job with those guys and our strength coach. He's terrific with getting them to, he gets them good at what's important, you know, so for basketball, it's just, he gets them all more athletic, really strong legs. And Saeed did a lot, you know, with his upper body too. Um, that allowed him to get into the paint and be the one that was initiating contact and not having to, to bounce off guys. So, you know, credit Saeed for the work that he put in on his body. And, and he always had like a football mentality. So 
he's never you know afraid of contact or anything like that but yeah he did he got he was able to put on weight and you know he gained a ton of uh, inches on his vertical and got fat you know and got faster and got quicker while he was putting on weight um which is a credit to him and to i think sean and what he does in the weight room right um and then i guess just professionally you know what do you think his ceiling is i mean in in my opinion my uneducated opinion i really think the only thing missing from his game is the perimeter shot i think he pretty much has everything so do you think he has a chance you know to go you know maybe play in the g league or if there's a summer league uh this summer would have would he have had a chance to play in that do you think yeah i think he absolutely would have been a summer league guy i think he would have had g you know would have g league opportunities for sure right now and then i think you know what his ceiling is like you said would just uh depend on i think his progression you know progression in a few parts of his game but i think you know down the line he could potentially be um, an NBA player, like you said, I think the jump shot is the the one glaring thing that he'll have to kind of you know work on a ton, um, especially since the line moves even further back uh, at the pro level. But yeah, there's not there's not a lot missing from his game, and I think his work ethic will give him a chance to you know get there. It's just unfortunate with the summer and spring and summer being what it was that he you know he's not going to have the chance to go up against a lot of these guys that he would have gone up against in workouts. I mean, we were talking to NBA teams, and he was going to be invited to you know, a ton of their workouts where it's going against other high level guys in front of, you know, the GMs and the coaches. And unfortunately he's not going to get that opportunity where I think he would have shown well um, as he did in all of our, you know, games in the preseason against, you know, teams like Georgetown and George Washington, right. things like that, where he went up against, you know, quote unquote higher level guys and showed that he was you know, essentially just as good as them. Yeah. So I guess, you know, now with him out, you guys have, you know, Colin, Colin Smalls coming in. I don't necessarily want to label him, starting point guard I obviously have no clue but you know it looks like from an outsider's view that he will be the guy you know have you talked with him about you know not feeling pressure to necessarily you know fill in you know side shoes and you know just being his own player um yeah I mean well coach Jackson did a terrific job in recruiting Colin and he's a local guy and coach Jackson does a very good job around here and knows everybody so he he was the you know point person on his recruitment and I know he's kept in touch with them a lot but yeah I mean we you know we don't necessarily think that way as far as coaches go like hey you're you know your job is to replace this guy and you're coming in because you're like him you know we we just are looking for for good players now it is nice that Colin has a lot of I'd say similarities to Saeed coming out of high school in that you know they both have a kind of a similar disposition the way they they carry themselves similar body I mean Colin is another guy who is strong and and athletic and physical um, and a good leader. So I think there's a lot there to work with. And I think Colin, like Saeed, is going to be a a hard worker and somebody that's going to improve quickly once he gets to campus. So we're really excited about him. And I think, yeah, he's got a chance to be a very good player. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be joined by a bunch of newcomers. Obviously, you lose a lot with Saeed, with Bunyasith, Gasparini, YY. But, you know, you added Lorenzo Donadio recently. You added Lorne. Uh, Matt Rogers, uh, Johnny O'Neill, Victor Brown. How do you see those guys, you know, integrating into the team, into the system, if there is a season this year? Yeah, well, it's a lot of new guys, you know, so it's going to be, you know, it's it's unfortunate that they, you know, they're not able to be here for the summer and whatnot because you kind of, that that's their first time to really get a feel for, you know, you recruit them and, and obviously you think you have a pretty good feel for all of them, but then until you're able to really get them in the gym and work with them consistently, you know, that's when you find out more about them. So we didn't have that opportunity, which is unfortunate. But I mean, I think they're all, you know, very talented and 
good and tough. So I think, you know, I could go down the list, but I mean, you know, Matt Rogers is a six, nine, you know, forward can probably, you know, and, and is athletic and active and enthusiastic and is all over the place. Um, and he can, another guy who can make a shot right now, I think will become a good shooter pretty quickly during the course of his career, but his energy and his ability to affect the game in multiple ways, I think will, will be able to help us immediately. You know, same thing, Johnny O'Neill is another guy who's similar height to, to Matt, about six eight six nine. He's, you know, got a lot of perimeter skills. I mean, can really shoot is, is a very good player off the dribble, a very good passer. So we think he's got a, you know, big time upside as well. Yeah. Christian Loring, you know, has years under his belt playing a couple of years playing Juco. He's played against high with and against high level players his, you know, entire career. And he's a, a physical specimen. I mean, he's going to be a beast down low and we expect big things out of him. And then, um, yeah, Vic is like a, a six, four guard from Florida. Who's athletic, same thing, really tough winner played for a really good high school program and can shoot good passer and just a good feel for the game. Like a guy that's going to come in, I think be, be ready for college, I think pretty immediately. And then Lorenzo, you know, is from Italy, but he was, uh, went to school in Baltimore this past year and is similar to similar, um, Similar to Connor, I think a little bit, um, and just he he does a, a lot of things well, um, and is used to playing against high level players. You know, played in in the FIBA under 18 last summer and in the Division A did well, um, and so he's you know had a really good season last year. I, I think he averaged like 18 and 10 or something like that. But he can shoot, can pass, can dribble, and is a tough kid. So and I think all those guys are going to be able to help immediately, and we're going to need it because we did you know we lost you know whatever it was four guys, uh, a lot of production, and um, you know you're in today's day and age, you're always going to have essentially a lot of turnover. So, you know, you got to be recruiting guys that you think can help immediately. So with all those guys, you know, at home, hopefully training on their own, you know, what is the communication that you have, you and Coach Brennan and Eddie Jackson have with the team? You know, are you are you giving them like training plans for certain players? You know, how are you building team chemistry? How's all that going? Yeah, I mean, all the guys on staff, I mean, you know, Matt, Sam, Eddie, EJ, Matt, and Coach Brendan are all in contact with those guys. And so that's the most important thing um, is just making sure they're safe, you know, healthy and doing, you know, being smart about how they're living right now, because obviously this is an unprecedented time. And that's at the forefront of our mind is just making sure they're in, in a good spot mentally and physically, uh, but mo- mostly mentally. <laughs> so we haven't, um, you know, stressed a ton up to this point. Um, you know, the basketball side of things because each guy's in a different situation, you know, so it, some states are open up where they're, you are allowed to, you know, maybe get into a gym, other states you can't, you know, so, and everybody has access to different things. So we haven't been able to have a, you know, a cookie cutter, hey, this is, you know, your workout program, this is what you have to do. You know, up until this point, we've ascent, you know, basically left it up to them to say, hey, you know, the most important things are, you know, when this does start up again is being in shape, you know, trying to be in, in, in as good a shape as possible when you return so that there's not a huge curve to get back to, you know, practicing and playing to at the level that you want to play at. Um, and then, you know, talking about some basketball stuff where if you, if you do have access to a gym, make sure you're you know, doing a lot of this, doing a lot of that. But we have what I, what we all think is a pretty mature team. So we don't have to, you know, necessarily just be uh, constantly watching them. We trust that they're all doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is a good, you know, good feeling as coaches. And I think the incoming guys are the same way. I mean, they're all gym rats. Uh, they love basketball. So they're, they're out there, you know, every time I call them, they're, at a park or, you know, doing push-ups or going for a run. So we feel really good about what they're doing on their own. And our main focus up until now has just been checking in with them often and making sure that they're safe and healthy. So, you know, with all this stuff going on, obviously, you know, scheduling for this year uh, is up in the air. 
and you know we can't really speculate right now but you know how did non-conference scheduling go how did you go about that was there you know were there limitations that you guys put forward in terms of how far you could travel I know the schedule isn't released but there's a Twitter page called the D1 Docket ported a lot of our games and I I know it looks pretty similar except we have a uh, and a road game against NC State. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, again, that's uh, Coach Jackson does the scheduling for us, so he, he would know more than I would. Um, but, I mean, generally, you typically sign, like, two-year contracts. So, like, with William & Mary, and it's normally a home-and-home. Home. So they came to play us at our place last year, so, you know, we'll go play them this year. Um, and then the teams that are – Local teams that are on our schedule almost every year, sometimes you may sign like a four-year deal where it's, okay, you know, home away, home away, and, and you try to do it that way. So it'll be, you know, a decent amount of teams that we faced last year and then some of the bigger schools uh, like NC State, you know, I think, like you said, is on there. And then I don't even uh, – I would have to talk to EJ, but I know it's all, I don't want to say in flux, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of it up in the air right now just with everything going on. And just like the scheduling, I'm sure – um, the recruiting has been has been very different. You know, with the guys who you can now make more contact with at a younger age. How are you like building relationships with the you know with the new recruits? How are you how are you meeting people? Um, well, I mean the 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 biggest difference is obviously we can't go see anybody live. We can't bring guys to campus, and those are the two the two biggest things because normally you know you want to go. You want to evaluate people in person because you get a better feel for just everything. You know, um, their game is easier to see on in person as on film. You know, obviously the, the type of competition you get a better feel for in person. But then also just like how you act on the court <laughs> comes off. You know, you, you get to see if guys have the potential to be a, a pain or not more so in person than you do on film. Um, so that's been an adjustment, but everybody's in the same boat. So you're just, uh, you know, from, from an evaluation perspective, we're just watching a lot of film. And then from a relationship building perspective, we're just trying to, you know, you, you try to do video calls um, and, and telephone calls. But I think in the video calls, like we'll do, you know, quote unquote, virtual tours where we have like a little PowerPoint put together and we'll kind of try to show them campus, you know, on in this setting that you and I are speaking right now. Um, so I don't know how well, how well it all comes through, but I do think it's good for them to get a feel for the campus, the academics, and you kind of take them, we almost take them through what it would be like if they were visiting campus. So, you know, you talk about the same thing, you know, housing and academic support and academics and every, just everything that you would talk about in an hour long tour of campus. You try to do this way virtually and then you go from there. I mean, that, but I think the hardest thing is just not, you know, the now if you want to watch film on somebody, you're basically watching their high school film. So you're learning about, you know, it's taking you five hours to watch one player if you want to watch, you know, two or three games. Whereas if you were to go to an AAU tournament or a, or a high school event that they have now, you know, you'd be able to see three or four guys in the same game at once where you can kind of get multiple evaluations in, in one hour. Um, so it's just a little bit more, time-consuming trying to identify the guys that you want to spend all that time on watching and then watching it and then kind of going from there. So it's been, you know, a unique challenge, but I think, like I said, everybody's in the same boat and everybody does it differently. Like we, I mean, the recruiting in general with transfers and uh, everyone, you know, everybody in the country, there was, I think, a thousand Division One transfers this year. I mean, the recruiting isn't like it used to be even 10 years ago where you could kind of identify guys when they're sophomores and then start recruiting them when they're juniors and, and have an idea for what you need because it's kind of always changing. Um, like Lorenzo, I mean, we didn't 
get his commitment. Um, I want to say until June, yeah. something like that. So right. we're recruiting, you know, then Vic and even Johnny, I think was, you know, in Jan- maybe January. Um, so you're recruiting for the following year, basically, you know, that whole, that whole year. So throughout the course of 1920 college season, we were recruiting guys for the 2020 class until June. <laughs> so, you know, we're not like doing necessarily a ton right now with rising juniors. Our focus is on guys who are going to be seniors because we have, you know, we'll have scholarships in that class. And then I guess just one more topic uh, that I wanted to cover is fan support at AU and also, you know, what it's, what it might be like playing with no fans this season. So I guess in terms of fan support, obviously this year, I think it was a little bit better. You guys got more people out to the games. You had like a, a tailgate, but what, you know, what are some initiatives that you guys are, are, are taking to try to get fans in the game? Because it definitely does help to have a packed vendor, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I thought the fan support was really good this year. Uh, I know that the day that you're talking about, I think they did like a, almost like an intro line in the, yeah. in the tunnel and our guys walked through. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so I think they're, you know, I'm not at the discussions about that necessarily, but I think people in the athletic department are constantly kind of pitching different ideas and things like that. But I think for the most part, I think putting a good product out on the court and being good is, is the most important thing. Um, so I think in the last, you know, the last two years, um, were better than the previous two, um, because we were just significantly better. Um, so I think having, you know, if you have good players on the court, then I think, and you're winning, people want to come watch that. Um, and I think the way that we play helps because everyone can see that it's unselfish and a fun style of play to watch. So I think, you know, having a good team and then also being creative with different ways to get people involved, I think is going to eventually lead to just a, a consistent influx of students come to the game. And I think they've been good. Now, as far as playing with no fans, everyone, everyone that's played in college basketball has played with no fans at some point in their life, right. you know, growing up, if you really like to play. I mean, the fans obviously make it fun, but if you don't play for the fans, you know, you're playing for the competition, you're playing for your teammates. So I don't think, uh, I think it'll be awkward and a little bit strange at first, but it's not something that should affect the, level of play or anything like that. And I think the guys will still have a really good time, even though it's just going to be us in the gym like it is in practice. I mean, we practice, you know, we only have 30 games a year and we have like a hundred practices. And they're so, you know, if you look at it that way, most every day they're used to, to uh, playing in front of nobody. So that should wrap everything up. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the inaugural episode of the Eye on the Eagles podcast. Be ready for more content at TheEagleOnline.com. I'd also like to give a special thanks to Spencer Nussbaum and Noah Tannen for the coordination and production of this episode.